0: From the opening hymn, Gracious God, as we worship, grant us vision, till your love's revealing light. In its height and depth and greatness dawns upon our quickened sight, making known the needs and burdens. Your compassion bids us bear, stirring us to tireless striving, your abundant life to share. Amen. For as long as I've called myself a Christian, I've cried the same cry as the disciples in this morning's lesson. Dear God, help my unbelief. Dear God, give me assurance of what I cannot see. Dear God, increase my faith. Sometimes all it takes for any of us is seeing the ravages of the storm in Florida. Oh God, increase our faith. Or spending a night in the hospital with a child who is sick. Oh God, increase our faith or muddling through a season of marriage when you just can't seem to forgive. Oh God, increase our faith. Or entrusting a parent to God's providential care. Oh God, increase my faith. Or maybe it's looking back a bit to a time when fear begat exploration, exploitation and greed yielded the oppression of others, or the power of ego trampled the poor, oh God, increase our faith. Or maybe remembering a time when someone asked you about God, and you couldn't find the words or the courage to speak the gospel into their doubts. Oh God, increase our faith. Or perhaps it's just the daily wishing that you had more humility, more obedience, more gratitude. Oh, Lord, increase our faith. Oh, God, increase our faith. Or maybe it was even this morning when you weren't sure what you were doing in church anymore, weren't sure that you'd been saved from anything. Weren't sure you were worthy of salvation or that you could ever be delivered. Oh, God, increase our faith. Look, I'm a priest, and I've been there a thousand times, begging God to make me believe that faith could get me through whatever difficulty I was facing. I prayed just like the disciples, increase my faith in love, oh, God. Increase my faith in healing, O God. Increase my faith in deliverance, O God. Increase my faith in redemption, O God. I mean, I've come to this altar of God and knelt in pews at many churches. I've melted when organs played, and I've joined in communal confessions, and I've grasped for bread and wine as inside I was crying the same cry as the disciples. O Lord, increase our faith. And I think it's a pretty valid petition. I mean, it's, it's a human response to hard challenges. And I'd argue it's actually kind of a reasonable request. When we find our faith lacking when we don't believe we measure up to the challenge of discipleship, when we don't think that our faith as it is can carry us through to the other side of whatever disaster has befallen us, or the world, we should cry out, Oh God, increase our faith. When we're cracked open by these moments of vulnerability and disillusionment and the ways of God come up against the ways of the world, and we realize that things of this world will never be enough, we should cry out, Oh God, increase our faith. And when we've decided that we want to believe in God's design and follow the path of Jesus and help bring about the fullness of the kingdom, and we feel that we are ill-equipped to bring it about, it's only natural that we cry out, Oh Lord, increase our faith. But today's gospel reminds us. It's not about increasing our faith. Discipleship's not about being more. It's not about increasing our faith, but increasing the works of our faith. Increasing the works of our faith. They draw us into the story of God. Jesus tells us that we have faith that can move mountains. We just gotta start pushing. We have enough faith as we are. We just gotta start living into it. Jesus tells us just two chapters before he lands in Jerusalem that it's time for us to get up off our knees, time to quit flagellating ourselves, time to quit making excuses, Time to find ourselves worthy because we are. And time to start trusting in God's providence because it is. And following the way of Jesus and claiming the power that God has to change lives and change the world. If you read the four four verses before today's reading, you'll see the context into which Jesus speaks to the disciples. Jesus has just told them to follow him. And that to do so must mean that you never let anyone stumble in faith. And they must forgive without condition or merit. Whew, that's a challenge. In today's text, they say to themselves the same things we say to ourselves each time we read the baptismal covenant. I cannot do this. I do not believe enough for this work. I am not worthy of this commission. And the disciples, they fall before Jesus and ask the miracle worker to work a miracle on them. Increase our faith, they say. Make us able to follow your command to spread the gospel and forgive our neighbor. Make us worthy of the call you have placed on our lives. Increase our capacity to be true disciples, add to the faith that we have so that we can accomplish your will. It's all very well-intentioned. And it's an honest response to a difficult challenge. But Jesus is telling the disciples how they must live and what God desires of them and how to bring about the kingdom. And I guess like any of us would, They cry out, just make me more faithful, and then I can do it. Help me believe, and then I'll do it. Increase my faith, and then I'll be ready. To which Jesus says what all of us need to hear when we fear our own inadequacy for discipleship. Jesus says, faith is not about how much faith you have. It's about what you do with that faith. Faith is not about quantity. It's about quality. Faith is not about increase, but what you do with the little bit of faith you have. Faith that was put there by grace. Jesus says it's not about having more. It's about embodying what you already have. The faith that you've been gifted. The faith that you've inherited. The faith that's been won for you. Jesus tells them, faith is not measured by its quantity, but simply by its presence. A mustard seed-sized faith will accomplish impossible things. He says, discipleship isn't easy, but don't wait around for increased faith. Just a small amount of genuine faith can accomplish so very much. You have it, Jesus says. And you must exercise it, Jesus says, in order that others will experience the peace of God, in order that others will know the fruits of the kingdom, in order that others will feel the deliverance God promised. If you want to increase, increase your works of faith. If you want the kingdom to increase, put your faith in action. If you want more faith, you must do faith. If you want faith, you must be faith. I love it when a little bit of scripture study overrides a half century of my best thinking. I love it when I get a new angle on God and what God is trying to tell me and what Jesus has been trying desperately to show me. It's not about more, Lyssa because now I can finally stop praying for more faith. We can finally stop making excuses for not acting in the world. We can finally recognize that what we have is enough for discipleship. And if faith is felt and known through lived experience and it comes through practice, we've got renewed purpose, don't we, friends? If faith isn't something we earn or petition for, and it comes from believing that the God in whom we put our trust will do what God has always done and always will do, we can live without fear. We can live more fully into the justice seeking and peacemaking ways of Jesus, despite our uncertainties. I mean, it's really actually very liberating. It's inspiring for us to think that we can go and live our faith without fear or feelings of inadequacy. If faith is not quantifiable, then it makes it possible for us to do something for God, which is also not quantifiable, not to earn some reward, but to change the world. Now, I know it's true. Faith does not change the circumstances of our lives, no matter how hard we pray for more faith. God's vision will unfold in God's time. But it's also true that living in faith does not shield us from pain and difficulties. It does not undo the past, and it will not guarantee a particular future. The future's already been set. Rather, faith is the means by which we deal with the uncertainties and circumstances of life, the difficulties and the losses and the joys and the successes. It is trusting that God is with us in them, providing and protecting and comforting and consoling and repairing and redeeming, and calling us to conspire with God to bring about the kingdom for others, reminding us that faith is managed by how much it is practiced and ordaining us to go into the world to bring about justice and mercy and love and peace. And that's what God wants. That's what Jesus came to do. Increase the kingdom by increasing the amount of justice and mercy and love and peace. It's not about our faith, Jesus said. It's about the character of God who desires that we see our beloved nature and put our faith into action and demonstrate to the world, that the ways of God are better than the ways of this time. Sort of changes everything. And it means that we can pray with the psalmist and daily commit to the Lord so that our righteousness will be as clear as the light. We can stop fretting over evildoers or being jealous of those who do wrong. We can refrain from anger and leave rage alone because we know that God will bring all things to pass. We can even channel Habakkuk. raise your hand if you've ever heard of the book of Habakkuk. Okay, not bad. Habakkuk, the prophet, whose faith looks like frustration, whose faith is anger at the wicked ways of the world and the destruction and the violence around us. It's so good to know faith can be a critique of the world and know that it isn't a lack of faith, but a response to faith, and that we can keep watch with Habakkuk for God to answer our complaints and to trust that God has a vision for us and to learn to wait for it. We can look to Paul and to our grandmothers and to whoever brought us into faith and draw on that deep well of ancestors, knowing that faith is already in us. It's in our DNA and we can live into it and embody it like the long line of people who came before. We can quit being ashamed Quit being guilt-laden, quit feeling unworthy, and get to work. Being disciples, soothing the suffering, welcoming the stranger, feeding the hungry, being merciful because we have known mercy, being loved because we have been loved. We can stop praying for more faith, but pray instead that God gives us more courage to live out our faith. We can stop feeling deficient and recognize the good treasure entrusted to us that we are called to share. We are worthy of the cause to which we've been called. And now it's time to get after it. Faith is an ongoing spiral-like process of reflection and action and grace that is the thing that increases as the process itself unfolds. So we can stop beating ourselves up about how much faith we don't have, but rather challenge ourselves to see how we are living out the faith we do have. And we can start a new prayer, that God is always and everywhere increasing the works of our faith that all the world could be transformed by how we delight in the Lord and how we follow the ways of Jesus. Let us pray that the great spirit of God hovers over us and inspires us to trust in God and leads us to do good that we might dwell in the land and feed on its riches, and bring all the world into the kingdom which God has made ready for everyone to enjoy. Amen.